Welcome to the Bible Man Answer Man program. And this particular teaching today is going to, it's going to be a good, fun type of thing for you, as well as informative, because it, uh, the title of this is Why Pentecostals Worship As They Do. Why do Pentecostals worship as they do? There are just so many people who don't understand that say to Pentecostals, why do you people have to be so demonstrative? Why can't you just worship God and be quiet and serene? Why do you have to be so loud and boisterous and just worship that way? Well, for one reason, the Bible says out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. What you've got in your heart, friend, you're going to speak and you're going to get excited about it. The fact is, uh, the, the way we worship God as Pentecostals, it shows the motivation and the intent and the action. We show that in our corporate worship. And, and it's catching, really. You'll be around this. There's an old saying, you mess around this very long, you're going to slip in. Around the creek bank, you're going to slip in. And so our actions and the motivations, we, we do that in corporate worship, but we also do that in our private worship time. And it doesn't have to be a formality. The fact is, it doesn't really should not be a formality. It should be an individual spontaneous thing. Now we can be led into that in the corporate worship, sure. But in our private time, so many wonderful praise and worship times are in our own little private place with the Lord. Second Peter chapter three, verse 15 says, sanctify the Lord God in your hearts. Sanctify the Lord God in your hearts. And then it goes, the, goes on to explain that this is an imperative statement. It means, it's a command. Actually, it's a, it's a mild command to do that. Now, God leaves us some, some latitude, of course. So it says, do it in your hearts. And that's a plural thing. Corporate worship, individual uh, uh, methodology. And then it says, and be ready always to give an answer to every man that asketh you a reason for the hope that's within you. This should be the springing thing inside of us that, that prompts us to do this. Uh, we, we don't do it to demonstrate for four people. Now, you need, you need to get this. And if you're a Pentecostal and you're guilty of raising your hands and jumping around just out of your flesh, stop it. Stop it. You, you get before God and then out of the abundance, the more you meditate on God, the more you want to praise and worship the Lord. But don't you let flesh get involved. That's, it stinks in the nostrils of God when flesh, get, flesh gets involved. Be ready always to give an answer to every man that asks you the reason to hope within you. Well, we should be able to do that. We should have knowledge enough and you can use this teaching today. Oh, why we work, worship as we do, the motivation for it and the whys and the, and the how comes. There are people who might answer you. Uh, ask you that question, and you should be ready to give an answer. And you, if you listen to this a few times and make yourself some notes, then you'll be able to do that. You can give them the reason for it. So, uh, let, let me just say to you that when when hope is uh, in you, it's going to be necessary to have that in perilous times. And we're in perilous times in the world. You don't see many happy people anymore. Everybody's dealing with magnitudes of problems. So. When you, when somebody sees a countenance, your countenance as just a joy and they see you giving praise for God and, and to God, uh, it, it's going to produce a question. So I don't really get angry at people who do this, except some people in the Pentecostal movement that they belong to a church, but their, their pastor doesn't 
get into this. We're not going to let that wildfire get in here. Well, brother, if that's you as a pastor, you better have some fire. You better have some fire in your ministry. Otherwise, uh, if you're the wet blanket there, you need to find yourself another line of work because we need to let God's people worship and praise the Lord in a corporate environment. Encourage your people to worship the Lord. There's an edifying process that takes place in that. So we're in perilous times, but perilous times when we, when people see us worshiping in this way, and I understand it, they're going to ask questions. Why, why do you have to do that? And that's really, uh, even though kind of it, it tends to be mildly frustrating, it's a valid question. They have the right to answer that. But once we can bring them to understanding and have them join us in that, oh, they'll be happy that you did. In 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 16, uh, he says, know you not that this means now, don't you realize this? And that's a, that's an, uh, interrogatory question for us. It means, haven't you learned this yet? You should have learned this before. Know you not that you are the temple of God? You're, uh, and that the spirit of God, that means God, the Holy Spirit dwelleth in you. And there's a question mark on the end of that. You don't know that the spirit of the, that you're the temple of God. You hold in you God Almighty. Oh, what a priceless piece of revelation knowledge. Please grasp that first Corinthians 3.16. Meditate on that. Go back and read that. You will find yourself getting excited in God. And you need to know that. There's a command there that says, know you not, means you should be knowing that piece of revelation. In First Peter chapter 2, verse 5, he said, Ye also as lively stones are built up a spiritual house and holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God by Jesus Christ. There's a lot in that one sentence. You as lively stones. You're not, you're not dead stones. You're not be sitting in corporate worship like a dead stone in your, in your private time. You're not supposed to be there. You ought to be staying, staying excited in God. It says you're built up. You're built up there would be equated to edifying. You're being edified. A spiritual house, a holy priesthood. Are you, do you know that you're a priesthood, part of a priesthood? To offer up, you're part of a priesthood that says to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God by Jesus Christ. Built up. This is a building construction term. You don't just all of a sudden snap your fingers and you have a building. You have, a building has to be built. Your growth in God, your, your worship and praise to God has to be grown from a baby stage to a mature stage. And you need to understand that process. Your give spiritual sacrifices. That in really in that in the Greek rendering, mean when you do that, you are sacrificing yourself to God afresh. You're giving God a fresh slaughter of yourself. You're slaughtering yourself before Him. The more you get attuned to this, I think you'll do as I do when I'm driving around or in various places. I, I look at nature and I can see that God in nature, has placed a form of worship and praise to him. When you, when you hear the birds singing, there's, it's rare anybody with any kind of sensitivity at all, when they listen to a bird, uh, they say, oh, that's so beautiful. That's peaceful. It's just enhancing the way that, that that contributes to my life. When we see the leaves waving on trees, we get mesmerized by that. 
when we look up and we see the vastness of the stars and the planets and the cosmos, the limitless cosmos, as we understand limitless, oh, I tell you, I love astronomy. It's a wonderful vocation and it's a, a wonderfully enjoying advocation. I would encourage you to, to spend a little time learning about the stars and the planets and the vastness. Fact is, God just says, you know, the, the, the heavens declare the glory of God. When you look up into the vastness of, uh, of the, of the heavens, it shows the, the glory of God. And then it says, and the firmament shows his hand, handiwork. When you look at clouds drifting by and you see the way the stars and the planets are formed, uh, the handiwork of God, we see that. In Luke chapter 19, verse 40, Jesus is saying, if, if these, these should hold their peace, he's talking there about stones, etc. These stones would immediately cry out. So I, I don't, frankly, I don't understand the vastness of that, but we do have cases where donkeys seemingly spoke. And so I don't think it's inconceivable that the, the Holy Spirit can speak through stones. If he can speak through a jackass, uh, he, he can speak through stones if he wishes to. He can speak to us through nature if he wishes to. You understand this. Pentecostals are pregnant with the need to, to deliver worship and praise to God. That's in our fiber. When we go through the baptism of the Holy Spirit, now we, we, we feel that before we go through that experience, but especially after we go through the experience of being called what we call the Pentecostal, going through the Pentecostal experience, there's, there's a pregnancy within us and sometimes it just comes in a moment. Other times we, it, it, it just seems to grow into us from a, from a little whisper to a crescendo. And here's how we do it. This is what people observe. In Second Chronicles chapter 20, verse 19, it said that they stood up to praise the Lord God with a loud voice. This is unbounded emotion. They stood up to praise the Lord God with loud voices. Sure, we sound loud in our corporate worship, and sometime in our private worship, we get pretty loud too. If you get excited in God, you're not going to worry about people. That's why we stand up in corporate worship. We should. We should. First of all, we're standing in the presence of God. You wouldn't sit down if the President of the United States were to come into your presence, and he's just a man, or a, probably before too long, she's going to be a woman in the, in the United States and is in the head of other countries are, are women. But that's probably coming in, in maybe not in our lifetime. But standing up and lifting a loud voice, that's just unbounded emotion. Psalm 47.1 says, Oh, clap your hands, all ye people. Shout unto God with a voice of triumph. You may not know this if you're just listening to this tape and you haven't gone through the Pentecostal experience, but if you, even if you have, maybe you're not in the church where they get pretty demonstrative about this. But the more you praise God in a, in a vibrant, focused way, you're, you're going to start feeling the triumph in your soul. There's something that happens inside of your heart and your soul when you get into that deep worship and praise. Sometimes you can be in a thousand people worshiping, praising God, lifting their hands, and yet you're alone with the Holy Spirit. Your voice is blending with the others, but it's just you and God. And if you haven't felt that, and I feel the Holy Spirit stirring my, my, my soul right now, my flesh even, as I say that, the voice of triumph, 
hey, nothing can subdue me because I'm worshiping my God. Psalm 63 verse 4 says, I will bless thee. This is the heart of a man. He chooses, says, I will. That means I'll choose to do it. I will bless thee. That's a decision time. I will lift up my hands in thy name. There's an old chorus used to be about that. I hate that the churches have gone to the to the type of new new type of worship and praise. I think the old uh, verses had so much more to say. I, I saw a much deeper worship and praising of God than I see a lot of superficiality in today. I hate to say that, but uh, but it's there. You just don't see that very deep worship in, in except a few places. This is this is excited people when they're when they're choosing to lift up their hands to God. We talked about the trees and the waves. You know, when when you're when a person gets excited, whether they're in a large crowd of people, maybe in a stadium someplace, and something exciting happens, or something it happens in a small group, or in a couple of three people. You know, when something happens exciting that just stimulates the soul you know what happens the first thing that happens is that that people start raising their hands they just lift their hands it's just an automatic reflex thing that's prompted out of the spirit especially in the spirit filled person unsafe people do it they don't know why they do it you could you couldn't ask anybody to give a definition why eighty thousand people jump to their feet and lift their hands you know it to us, we know why they do it, because they're trying to get to God. They don't understand that. They're doing it out of a, an emotional thing, but the base of it is is a trying to react to God, which they can't get there. Psalm 34, verse 1, there again, I will, choice, I will bless the Lord at all times. And then he goes on to say, his praise shall continually be in my mouth. Friend, that should be your lifestyle. I don't mean carry a soapbox around and jump up on it, irritate people with it, but out of the abundance of the heart. If it's in there, you all of a sudden you may be driving in your car and this happened to me so many times, and suddenly the Spirit of God feels that presence. And there's sometimes you almost, sometimes you do. Sometimes you have to pull off the side of the road so it don't endanger other people and just worship the Lord. There's been occasions when I believe people that pass Christians and they see uh, their hands raised, <laughs> hopefully not at, while you're driving the car. But if, if you get into that stage, if you feel that state coming, pull off to the side of the road and then just spend a moment alone with the Lord. First Corinthians 14, verse 15 says, I will sing with the spirit and I will sing with the understanding also. That's very clear. I don't know why some people debate that. Singing in the spirit, in, that means just singing in your prayer language and tongues. But I say people, they don't understand that. They can't grasp that. A lot of Pentecostals don't. Need, a lot of people teach against corporate singing in the spirit. I don't, I don't, I don't teach against that. The fact is, I've seen it. And when it's done in, in, in harmony with the Holy Spirit, it's beautiful. It's beautiful. And it says, I'll sing with my understanding also. Sure. Sure, we do that. Well, if, we, if secular music stirs us, how much more will spiritual music stir us? Paul to the Ephesians in chapter 5, verse 19 says, Be filled with the Spirit. That's an imperative. It's not 
Well, it is a command. It is a command. It's a mild one, meaning you have the option not to if you don't if you don't want to. But be filled with the Spirit. And, you, and now there it means speaking in tongues. We're not going to dance around it. It just simply means in, in your prayer language or in, in, when, in the proper uh, motif. It says speaking to yourself in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Psalms there means a sacred song that's sung unto music. That's just what it is. A, a psalms in, in the book of Psalms. That was just m- music that they that they sang unto the Lord in the book of Psalms. Just a list of those books. And it says in 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 hymns. Hymns uh, is an ode. It means an expression of a of a of a, a a really a noble type of a feeling that has a dignity to it. That's the way it should be done. But we're speaking to speak to God in in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. And he goes on to say, making melody in your hearts to the Lord. That making melody just simply means letting your heart reverberate. Let go with your emotions there in the spirit. Go with your spirit person, spirit man, letting it just reverberate with God. John chapter 4 verse 23 says, The hour cometh and now is. It's now. When the true worshiper shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth. Spirit, yes. Truth, yes. I was speaking a moment ago about fleshly worship and praising God. It stinks in the nostrils of God. Don't do it. But when you get into the spiritual aspect of it, go with the flow. But be subject to where your surroundings are. You can turn people off if you do it in the wrong place and it won't glorify God. True worshipers. That means not by formality. Now, we can be led in worship and to praise by a song leader or choir, etc. But a true worshiper will realize that it's coming out of his heart, being motivated by them, and shall, shall worship the Father in spirit and truth. Shall is a divine command in that God despises formality in worship insincere formality in worship and praise. Let's don't sing the same songs every service. They should be varied. They should be varied. It says, for the Father seeketh, that means inquireth, inquiring such to worship him. Let me just read that again because it's applicable for today and it's for you and for me. The hour cometh, and it's now, when the true worshiper shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father is inquiring, making that inquiry into a heart to prompt people to such to worship him. Closing, let me just say this. God delights when his children show worship and praise to him. Earthly fathers, if they're any kind of father at all, delight when his children comes to them and thanks him and praises him for the things that he's done for him, for putting in the long hours at the plant, 
for doing those things at night, keeping guard, for standing by the bedside, for providing for the food, the shelter, and the clothing, and the protection for that family, not waiting, not waiting for the government to do it. It's not the government's plan to do these things. It's the Father's plan. And I've had to tell some fathers of the minister, when you have children, it's not up to the government. And if you have more than you can clothe, educate until they're able to be on their own, you sin before God. I hate to say it. it no, I don't. I don't hate to say any of this. It's something you need to have. And so many people are taking latitude in sex and they're having without rational thinking more children that they can that can supervise or that they can take care of and they can give personal time and joy and comfort and, pers- uh, you know, take care of their fleshly needs and certainly their spiritual needs. When you have a child, God is going to hold you accountable to rear that child in the nurture and the admonition of the Lord. Been a, had a, it's been a pleasure having you with us. Go to our website, Lee West Ministries, the YouTube, and you'll find us there with a lot more of these type of teachings. Go to our website, Rafa Ministries World, and you'll find a lot of other things there that will bless you. And until we just meet again in personal relationship, in a seminar or a teaching, personal teaching, or if we meet into another one of these, I just pray that God will richly bless you and lead you into truth.